I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, okay? And the reason I'm dressed like this is because I think it's nice to look nice for your podcast co-host. And I'm Av Sedensky, and does this podcast have a plot, or do we just start having sex? <laughs> Welcome back to Pretty Good Friends, a friend's podcast between pretty good friends. We are here today to discuss Season 2, Episode 4, the one with Phoebe's husband, which originally aired on October 12th, 1995. And Duncan is going to come out of the closet, break the news to us that he's straight. Um, Sounds like uh, Duncan. (laughs) Have I I told the uh, the story before on any podcast? Um, Our our mutual friend, uh, well, my friend, more your acquaintance, I think. Um, Although you were friendly with him in high school. Um, uh, Zim, he uh, he takes me out to like a dinner on my 18th birthday to this uh, like fancy restaurant. And then, like halfway through the meal, he's like, "All right, Alex, I don't know how to tell you this. I know the story. Yes, yeah, yeah." yeah. And and he was coming out to me, and I was all excited. And instead of coming out as gay, he came out to me as a guy who smoked pot, which I don't know why he thought that needed uh, a coming out. But uh, so yeah, so Duncan, uh, all excited, uh, Phoebe. I can't believe you just outed him on a very popular podcast. Yeah, as a guy who smoked pot in two thousand one. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, very uh, save dramatic coming out for for things. Yeah, that deserve uh, dramatic coming outs. Um, but yeah, so we, uh, yeah, but, but this episode is, is very dated in a lot of ways, I think. Um, but um, should, we, should we hop into it? Yeah, let's hop in. I know you have uh, yeah. deadlines to meet. No, um, not really. uh, no, no, we do. We are, you know, obviously last week we, we mentioned on the podcast how obviously February 4th we have the final season, uh, season 12 of Curb coming up. True. And I think after, after the new year, you and I, uh, next week, uh, to skip to the end of this podcast, when we say what's on next week's podcast, next I week. I thought we would do this at the end, but we can do it now. That's fine. Yeah. So next week is five steaks and an eggplant, right? And Next so, week is the episode called The One with Five Steaks and an Eggplant, which, yeah. as you all know, is a very central uh, recurring bit on this show. And it's also the uh, the final podcast of 2023. And so for all these reasons, we thought it's sort of a natural pause point. Uh, and then as we go into 2024 in January, we're going to be uh, recording a few episodes uh, in, in advance and in, in the build up to the uh, season 12 premiere of Curb, uh, which is the first Sunday, uh, Super Bowl Sunday, I believe, in February. Oh, no, it's the week before the Super Bowl this year, I think. Well, whatever, whenever the Super Bowl is. Um, and so, yeah, so if you have any, we have a few plans already, but if you have any specific ideas or requests or guests or, or, or topics or things related to Curb that you would like us to cover, uh, let us know. But otherwise, yeah, we're going to be giving you guys Curb contact, uh, in, Curb content in January and presumably uh, through February and March and at least the first couple weeks of April. So, yeah. And like we, you know, we talked about it and we just like felt very strongly that, you know, we are first and foremost a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast, and that is how this podcast started. That is what has built up this podcast audience. Um, that is what, you know, we first and foremost, you know, even even on this show, we're like always referencing back to Curb. We have recurring bits that are really from Curb. And as we go into this final season of Curb, like we need to get into the right mindset of Curb. We're not just going to like show up for season yeah. 12, episode one. We got to get back into the Curb swing of things. We've done a lot of different things since Curb. We've done Party Down. We did some rehearsal. We did some movies. We've been doing Friends for a while. And I need to get my Curb juices uh, good and flowing before we get dip, dip our toes into that final season. So, um, and Alex, I think you felt the same way. 
Yes, for sure. Uh, interesting. You, you you said how we're first and foremost a, a curb podcast. Let me ask you a question. Um, Av, uh, what position was Ernie Banks? Ernie Banks was a. I would say he was a shortstop. Correct. And what position was Rod Carew? I think so. I think I know you got this. I, I think yes. Ernie Banks played the most games in his career at first base. And Rod Carew also played the most at first base, even though he was a second baseman. A Rod, of course, played the most at third, even though he was a right. shortstop. Um, because A Rod, I would have known that just because you know. I used yeah, yeah. To, but but at at, at, so, at some point, this podcast, in theory, if we follow the, uh, the plan, will have many more friends episodes than curb episodes. At some point, right? Yes, but still, but now I would like, still say we there, we've done at least 120 episodes of Curb, right? Because 110 yeah, plus. No, no, it'll be it'll take a while. But I, so but I don't. But I think even everything else combined is probably not 120 episodes, right? For sure not. Yeah. yeah. Not yet anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but if things continue as planned, it'll be much like Ernie Banks and and uh, Rod Carew and A-Rod where, uh, you know, in their prime, they were in one position, but uh, they, they had such a long career in another position that it ultimately passes over. Uh, we'll be going back to be called Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good in the new year, but enjoy Pretty Good Friends uh, this week and next week, our final two weeks, at least until uh, April. Yeah, and it's it's also like a fitting um, end because like five stakes in an eggplant is a really yeah. iconic episode of Friends. Mm. So you know we'll we'll be going off on a high note for sure. Yeah, yeah, and and hopefully uh, we'll have uh, uh, a few months of high notes with uh, with Curb, but uh, we'll have to wait and see what season twelve has in store for us there. Yeah. All right. Okay. So with that, uh, let's jump into season two, episode four. But first, Pearl Jam. So I, I'm going to say that. That uh, tonight we're gonna we're the show's gonna be about friends. I actually don't know what I'm talking about exactly. Okay, that was a great idea right there, right? So we start off with our cold open in Monica and Rachel's place, and we have Rachel is speaking to her mom on the phone. And she's like, no, like, it's really safe here. Um, like, that thing that you heard about happened on, like, a complete other part of the city. Um, this reminded me very oh, much. Oh, other part yeah. of the city. She said it was a couple blocks away. Yeah, yeah, whatever. But she's trying to make her seat, make it seem yeah. like it's very far away. Which but but she, hard, she also says. When you're in the city, like, even a couple blocks away, you're like, yeah. that's a different neighborhood. Yeah, but, but she also says, well, that woman was walking alone at night. I would never do that. And, like, you know, we didn't know. <laughs> You know, may, maybe not in the seventies or the eighties, but in the late nineties and certainly through today, like a woman would not not walk alone in the evening in in you know in Greenwich Village. That's um, a, yeah, I mean, ninety five is right on the cusp of when like still yeah. very close to the city being bad, especially for like your your parents for sure. Like for, the city in your is parents' super minds, dangerous. yes, for sure. Yes, because like yes. they're the most of their adulthood, the city is a very dangerous place. Yeah, old people in the suburbs in, still in, think Manhattan is a dangerous hellhole. But so, it genuinely, so. but it genuinely was. It had like very high crime and murder rates in the seventies, yes. eighties, you know, and early nineties. Sure, but also like the people who live in the suburbs around New York specifically do so because they're afraid to live in New York, but right. you know, but they so, want yes. all, they want the benefits, right? Yes, exactly. So they, they will it's always a good deal. Do more. It's a good deal. Yeah. I yeah. mean it's a little bit of a schlop, but yeah. <laughs> um so I do I do very vividly recall that when I was I think it was in my first year of law school, I had a friend, a female friend in college who was going to be like interning in 
the city that summer working at like one of the banks or something. I don't remember what she was like a uh, Wharton student. And the day that Corey Lytle's plane crashed in the city, her mom had like a like a meltdown. She's like, you're not going to the city. It's very dangerous there. Just for those who don't remember, he was like a 33 year old pitcher. Yes, on the Yankees. yes. Who was, per, who was flying a private little like two-seater jet that crashed into a building on the Upper East Side. On oh, the Upper East Side. So it was like, not an first, of, first of all, like, like I'm going to live on the Upper West Side. This is the Upper East Side. So it's like, it's really not even close. Yeah, Yankees planes only hit. <laughs> right. Second of all, it's like, the planes don't just crash in Manhattan. Like, this is not a thing. That's like a recurring incident to, to like, be concerned about. So we had to help her talk her mom down to let her still like move to the city that summer after this horrific accident. And by, by the way, I just need to qualify something I said. I said this was not an act of terrorism, but the Yankees, everything the Yankees do is an act of terrorism. So That's right. It was a suicide bomb, suicide attack. <laughs> I mean, literally. By Corey Lytle. He was trying to attack Manhattan. Yes. <laughs> he foolishly attacked some random building in Upper East Side instead of like a legitimate target. So like that was City just, Field? <laughs> City Field would have been a good one. I mean, as a Yankee, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, although I think it was Shea Stadium at that time. Yes, right? it was Shea Stadium at the time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was like 2006, 2007 ish. Yeah. If Chipper Jones had a kid now, he'd have to name it City with an I. Well, who, who who says someone has to do an analysis to see if his how well he would have hit in City Fields with his yeah. arcs and charts and sprays and all, yeah. all, all such things. Yeah. So, yeah, so she's right as the middle. She's talking about how, like, you know, uneventful the city is. A bird flies directly into her apartment, a uh, pigeon. Yes, and, um, and I think uh, do you did you ever have a pigeon in your apartment when you lived in the city? I don't think I ever have a pigeon in my apartment. I did recently. I think I've talked about this podcast. Have uh, in, a, in, a slight in, epidemic of birds yes, in my house for a little. In bit. your house, in, yes, in Laurent. But I, I yeah. actually, I will. Uh, when I was in the MTA dorm with our aforementioned friend Zim, actually, we yeah. uh, I had a pigeon uh, come into the to the bathroom. There was no pigeon. You were just high. <laughs> no, I have photos. I will. I will send you as soon as this podcast <laughs> is over. I'm making a note. Send out pictures of the pigeon in the bathroom. And uh, yes, uh, he might have been high, of course. I don't know, but right. <laughs> yes, yeah, it was obvious. He, you wouldn't do it because he was keeping it from you. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> All right. So back, back to friends we go. So she um, gets off the phone so she can handle the bird, and she very, uh, very deftly, I would say, traps the bird in a pot, and does a really great job. And as in the middle of this happening, there's a knock on the door, and a guy comes in, and she's like, he's like, hey, is Phoebe Buffet here? And she's like, no, she doesn't live here anymore, but like, I could take a message for her. And he's like, okay, let her know that her husband stopped by, mm. which is a very stupid thing to say. Like, she should say, like, tell her that Duncan stopped by, right? Like, that, like, obviously, they're just, they want him to talk. And like, you, you wouldn't say that. Yeah, but well, you need the line to come. Of course, of course. No, I understand why they wrote that. I'm just saying yeah. it's a completely not natural dialogue. Well, for well to hold say. on. If you're, if you're Duncan, right? And you say, Tell her Duncan stop by. It's possible Phoebe has another Duncan in her life. She definitely doesn't have another husband. Uh, you would think, but we, we, we thought she had zero husbands. So when yeah. she has one, she could have six. Yeah, but getting a second husband can sometimes cause legal hurdles. Yes, getting one husband illegally can cause legal yeah. hurdles. <laughs> now, our friend Steve Zahn here, um, definitely not a candidate for the Tom Selleck Club. Who's he? He's somebody. What about me? You're nobody. Why him? Why not me? He's good. You're not. Where's Richard? Your boyfriend is so cool. Really? Yeah, he let us drive his Jaguar. Joey for 12 blocks, me for 15. Wow. <laughs> He must like you the best. Um, Definitely not at yes, any point I, in his life. This is not a timing yeah. issue. Well, but well, it's a timing issue to at least ask the question because he's I don't a, think he's so. famous now. 
But yeah, he's not that famous. He's not Tom he's Selleck. Not, he's famous. not more famous than Tom Selleck. Obviously, he was not more famous than Tom Selleck at any point, right? Yeah, but what I'm, what I'm saying is this doesn't even qualify as a cameo because he he was a literal nothing. Correct. No, he's an extra. His only major role at this He's closer to been, extra than cameo at this point. Yes, yes. He had been in Reality Bites right before this, Okay, um, but he was not even a main character in that film. That was sort of his breakover role. I don't think I ever saw Reality Bites. I should see that. Yeah, I would recommend it, although I don't remember anything about it, but maybe yeah. I should rewatch it. No, I feel like it's a movie I would like. Yeah, um, probably. Based on what I've heard about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Um, so yeah. So um, he's very surprised how she pulled off the trick of making a pigeon fly yes. out of the pot. Yes. Um, I could see from his his perspective, uh, who's more surprised in this scene, Fee, uh, Rachel to learn that Phoebe has a husband, or Duncan to see a bird fly out of that pot. Well, and and Duncan's reaction to the bird is pretty understated. Oh, hey, how'd you do that? Like, <laughs> I, my mind would be much more blown. Uh, well, maybe she was cooking the pigeon. Yeah. Anyhow. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're both. I think they're both very surprised. I think is the answer. Um, okay, so we we return back to the girls' place, and Phoebe's in the hot seat. Everyone's like, "What the hell, man? Um, how could you never tell us that you were married?" And she's like, "Well, we're not really married. He's gay. He was Canadian. He needed a green card. Oh, so he's that's harmless. Okay, it's fine to commit immigration fraud." Um, I, mean, I, I, I think you're allowed to marry Canadians, though. A Canadian doesn't need a green card? No, just, <laughs> you were saying he's gay and Canadian as if like those are reasons why uh, yeah, I was making a joke. Sorry. Oh, okay. I see. Um, and Monica's gay, like, I gay can't... marriage legal in 2023, Canadian marriage. Um, well, you can marry a Canadian. They just have to, uh, you know, apply for citizenship. Um, well, yeah, I'm if you're married, making, do you need... but if you get married, to, do you need a green card if you're married to a citizen? Um, I think he had the green card, and the green card was expiring. I, I, I don't. I'm not an immigration lawyer, obviously. No, me neither. But I think I think the whole point is you don't need a green card if you're married. Um, I don't know. Whatever. That's why you get married. Yeah. I think right. So. That's why you get married because then you could like I think you could just like, automatically apply. Yeah. Uh, but I could be misunderstanding. I've never gone through this process because um, I'm naturally born eligible for the presidency, baby. Um, so yeah, so Phoebe's like, listen, I get it. I'm sorry I didn't tell you, but like, I really didn't think you would have approved, and like, I don't want to deal with your, you know, being judgmental. And Monica's like, of course I wouldn't have approved. You were in love with the gay guy, and they're like, what do you mean? And she tells him how like when he like left town, she was so depressed. She stayed in bed for a month. She even ate a cheeseburger. And um, Phoebe's like. Well, if you're going to reveal secrets about me, I'm going to reveal secrets about you. And this is a great scene where everyone just uh, betrays each other. The, the domino rally of secrets. Now, we're going to have yeah. to discuss sort of the relative power of each of these secrets, obviously. Right. Yeah, we just had this recently. Well, I can't remember what it was. It was a very similar thing where they all start turning on each other. Um, like they each reveal something or betray each other in some way, back to back to back to back. I can't remember. I feel like is it New Year's maybe the New Year's party? Um, yeah, I forget. There was something. Yeah, can't place it. All right. Um, so Phoebe reveals that the underwear on the telephone pole belonged to Monica, and they come from when Monica had sex with Fun Bobby on the terrace. Yeah, this is by far the least sort of exciting, scandalous, whatever term you want to use of all of these secrets. Yeah, she had sex with her boyfriends. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, 
Um, of the amazing terrorists that she has. Like, of course you're going to put that to use. Like, what's it even there for? What's the point of having yes. a terrorist if you're not going to have sex on it? Yes. Um, yes. I will say on, on my honeymoon, we were in Venice and our hotel room had a terrace uh, looking over like a, a piazza. <laughs> and we definitely used it for that purpose. So. <laughs> I wonder think. As, as I'm sure everybody did, yes. <laughs> I mean, certainly if you're going to go to Venice for your honeymoon. Yes. And have a terrace. Mm. It was also so, like because like we stayed in like the cheapest, crappiest garbage uh, hotels everywhere we everywhere went else. in Rome and in right. Cinque Terre and in Florence. And, yeah. and then this was also like a 90 euro a night place. But for some reason, it was beautiful and had high ceilings and had a terrace. And so we're like, oh, this is like we were yeah, very excited. We went to Italy on our baby moon, yes. which uh, resulted in less accent honeymoon, as you might imagine. Yeah. But probably uh, uh, a point in your life when you had slightly more money, so your hotels were hopefully a little nicer. Yeah, we stayed in nice places. We, I was also, I'm also very good at uh, points and stuff like that, so we usually, yeah. good, we usually stay in very nice places. We stayed in a place in Spain once where we like went on like a, a tour afterwards, and like they took us back by our hotel, and they were telling everyone like, "Oh, this is like the fanciest hotel. The kings and queens from other countries stay here." <laughs> we're like, "That's our hotel." Uh, but like we paid zero dollars, I just had like a million yeah. points from like yeah, yeah. Now I, we I own these points from hotels now. Um, all right, so let's go back to the secrets. Okay, so we, Chandler's nipple is it, it doesn't the whole, it doesn't make sense to me. Like Ross is totally shocked about Chandler's third nipple. Like they were roommates and best friends for years, right? But why is he? And then and then also Ross immediately knows what the word nubbin means, such that he like mocks Joey. Like, what did you think of nubbin was like? Why would Ross know this term of it? The whole thing is, it's very confusing. The whole, the whole. No, but I think it's also, it's like, okay, you said it was a nubbin. He's like, yeah, what's a nubbin? Like, that's, that's, well, not, that's, that's not what Joey says. That's what Joey says to Ross. Joey says, I heard the word nubbin and I thought, okay, that's what a nubbin is. It's that weird third nipple thing he has on his body. That's Joey's position. Ross is right, but no, but that's a stupid position. It's not it's a thing that no one else has and you've never heard before. Like, he's obviously not telling you the truth. It's something else. Like, it's not, there's no such thing as a nubbin. Wait, what? It's not a satisfactory answer. No, we're, we're, we're saying this differently. I thought Ross is saying everybody knows that the word that that a third nipple is called a nubbin, and he's uh, mocking Joey for not knowing. Oh, maybe nubbin. Okay, so then we're saying the opposite. To me, like a nubbin was just like a distraction. Like it's not a thing. Um, no, no, no. A, a, a nubbin. The definition of a nubbin is it's a small lump or residual part, uh, like specifically of the body. Okay, so then that's not necessarily a nipple. Yeah. In in, in fact. It's Joey is even more accurate because uh, it is a nubbin, and nubbin is just yeah an extra yeah. yeah but if it has a nipple, then that's very different than a nubbin. Well, it doesn't really have a nipple in the sense of a nipple. It's unclear. I don't know. Well, he's he he's yeah, offered yeah. the opportunity to milk, but he doesn't take him up, so we don't know yes. Yes. what its capabilities are. Yes, well, yes, we definitely have to see it. But um, yeah, so I don't really understand Ross not knowing about it. Joey knew about it. I mean, he's been roommates for less time, I think, than Ross. Who knows? Um, yeah, but but anyways, but to the extent. But it is a much bigger secret than Monica once having sex in the balcony with her boyfriend. With her boyfriend, yeah. Yeah. Um, Monica on her terrace with her boyfriend is much less scandalous than with a prostitute on Yom Kippur. Yes. In, on the on the Safer Torah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> much much less scandalous. Yes. Um. Yeah. So 
Chandler is like everyone. Everyone was like wants to see it, uh, so he tried to divert their attention. He tells them that Joey was in a porno movie, so they run over to Joey. It's fun because like they keep like running to the person to like demand yeah. satisfaction, um, and he's like, "Well, I was in a porno movie, but like I was just like the copy guy. I knew, I just like was watched. I stood there while they had sex, which is like not that interesting." Um, and everyone just like runs back to Chandler. They're like, "Okay, no, third nipple is the real thing." Yeah, and and this is like a little confusing to me because now I I'm not a connoisseur of pornographic films. Okay, but I assume that generally speaking, when a third person arrives on a scene where the first two people are engaged in coitus, the third person is generally expected to participate. Not they to usually serve. they usually join in. Yes. So, I mean, I would certainly want to join in. I wouldn't want to just be the guy who watches them fixing the copier. Well, yeah, and that that's bad for the uh, what's it the, the toner the, the the tray whatever. It's bad it is. for the tray. Yeah, it's bad for the toner yeah. tray. Yeah. Um. um so yeah. So it, it's a bit, but it's also weird to me. Like this is like a big scandalous secret, seemingly, but then as it turns out, Joey seems pretty proud of it and unapologetic. Certainly when they all get together for the evening to watch it. So. Yeah. Was this really like a big secret or, you know, or I guess once it's out, he's like, I think if he was really in the porn, that would be something he would be as proud of. But I just I think being a background guy is like more just like it's a good bit. Like, I'm like, look, that's me. I'm in a porno. Like, obviously, I'm not like, you know, a porno actress, but like, yeah, you know, it's just kind of like a bucket list type thing. I'm in a porno. Um, I think I've told you about the porno that I, I saw many years ago that floated around a fantasy a fantasy league that I was in um, because it, it took place in a uh, an apartment that was filled with, um, you know, Gemaras and Shulchan Aruchs and other <laughs> Jewish books. Um, like they were, and the entire room was filled with bookcases filled of, of these books. It was amazing. Yeah, I'm um, sure there's uh, more than one porn video like that. Yeah, well, we, there's no type of porn video you can imagine that doesn't exist somewhere. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, I don't think that's true. I can imagine things. <laughs> Wait, I want to hear these things you're imagining. Well, there was probably not one where somebody's like literally like having sex with the Gamaras and <laughs> uh, learning the Gamaras. I remember back in the Craigslist, Craigslist day, there was a lot of weird like Hasidic uh, Craigslist. But anyway, we're, we're getting very off topic here. So, yeah, just, like uh, Hasidic like, people want to have sex too. They're people. Yes, they, they certainly do. Yes. Um, Matt LeBlanc actually did some softcore porn. He was in the movie called The Red Shoe Diaries. Sorry, it wasn't a movie. It was an anth- it was an erotic anthology series on Showtime in the early nineties. Mm. So we watched that as one of our. Uh, What's it called? Red Shoe Diaries. Red Shoe Diaries. It's an American drama series. Five seasons. Oh, should we have to watch? Okay, should we, should we pause, friends, and and binge <laughs> all of? Red Shoe Diaries. Uh, well, David, way, speaking, David speaking Duchovny about, is in this. Speaking of horny That's Jews, cool. it's created by Zalman King, who's uh, who's who was born uh, Zalman Lefkowitz, by the way. <laughs> Did you ever watch Californication? <laughs> uh, uh, I just I love Zalman King's uh, Wikipedia page. Uh, Zalman King, born Zalman King Lefkowitz, was an American film director, writer, actor, and producer. His films are known for incorporating sexuality and are often categorized as erotica. He was Jewish. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh really? <laughs> shocking development. Zalman Lefkowitz was a Jew. Um, did you ever watch Californication? I've seen like a clip here or there. I've uh-huh. never really, the only thing I've ever really seen, I liked David, it a lot. The only thing I've ever really seen David Duchovny in is, um, and I, I love think, the X Files as well. I've never seen the X Files, although I heard the X Files is coming back. 
Oh yeah, no, I, I don't watch it anymore. Oh, uh, by I the tried way. like the last time they rebooted it. I was like, I can't do this anymore. But I, I, I really liked it a lot back in the day. Can we, can we return to Red Shoe Diaries for a second? Uh, by the way, it's actually yeah. called. If you if you look at the cover of the DVD, it's called Zalman King's Red Shoe Diaries. Um, well, of course, you definitely want to put his name in the middle of it. Yeah, pr- producers. Yoram How else are you going to market this thing? Yoram Barzilai, and then the next one is even funnier, given our mutual friend who wants reference. And then Wait, wasn't there a guy that we knew named with that name? Oh, Yair Barzilai. That's Yair Barzilai. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and then there's Abraham quote Butch quote. What? Kaplan. What's the last name? Kaplan. Kaplan. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Abraham Butch Kaplan. Yeah, well, so, Abraham and Butch were neighbors. Yeah, it's Avram actually, not Avraham. Oh. Uh, no, no, no H. Yeah, oh, completely different. Yeah, uh, we weren't interested in making porn. We wanted to make erotic movies with good stories. It looked great. We're well acted, and it concerned women as well as men. No, so so he was probably like in one episode of this show. It's not wham bam, thank you, ma'am. There's more intellectual than physical foreplay. It uh, looks like by the, the way, David Duchovny uh, was uh, cast in the X Files shortly after doing the pilot here. Well, well, he does 66 episodes of this show. Well, he yeah, he acts as the series' narrator. The next – oh, okay. That's why. The next highest most was six. Yeah. It seems like they have a, yeah, they have a different cast in every episode. But a, yeah. a lot of big names. Other than David Duchovny. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Matt LeBlanc is on uh, – he's on two episodes actually. Oh, well, for exciting. Um, yeah. So uh, he um, – all right. Maybe we should watch those two episodes. <laughs> maybe 93 and 94 so uh the, the, right before friends right before friends this was a big break mm-hmm. you do the softcore porn then you go on the biggest <laughs> sitcom of all time next um okay we head down to central park where uh ross is still giving uh chandler a hard time about the third nipple he wants to know if it does anything special chandler reveals that it opens up the portal to narnia yeah, which eh, not a great joke my opinion um Julie is trying to make Chandler feel better because Julie's a nice person. And she says that in some cultures, a third nipple is a sign of virility, which mm. many people seek after. Yes. Um, Chandler wants to know if any of those cultures exist in the tri-state area. Well, as you said, every few blocks. Yeah, that one. See, that's a good joke. That's a good joke. Uh, he's like, yeah, how is this useful for me? Yeah. Um, so uh, Rachel is really not liking this whole Ross and Julie uh, extravaganza. And she's like, she's like, like, um, you know, very bitter. And um, Phoebe comes in. She's uh, she's all dressed up and she's uh, going to the ice capades to see her husband. Yeah. Now, now she refers to them simply as the capades. The capades, right. And then Joey says the ice capades. And then Chandler mocks Joey. But isn't Phoebe being the dumb one here? Like, have you ever heard the ice capades referred to as the capades? I've never heard. I think they were just setting up this joke. Yes, exactly. This is how a writer's room works. It's like, all right, yes. we wanna we wanna use what what is it what they say? What what's his like alternative of what the other capades? Do you even remember? I don't remember. I don't remember, yeah. He's like, you know, the salsa capades or whatever. I don't remember what he says. Um so yeah, so if Monica is like again like very upset, she's like, Why are you like dressing up for this oh, guy? The, gra- gra- the gravel capades. That's the right. Gravel. Okay, there you yeah. go. The turns um, aren't as fast. Yeah. And this is where um Chandler, Ross asks Chandler to, if he can milk him. Uh-huh. So this is where things get a little weird. Um, everybody leaves. Ross is like very weirdly like kicking Rachel. Yeah, this in is, the this is, this is very bizarre. Yeah. Um, toward Very bizarre behavior towards the person you were just in love with and now you're dating somebody else. Yeah. 
Um, and then of all people, yes, he approaches Rachel and asks her, like, how like how long is too long to be in a relationship and you haven't had sex yet? And just no matter what your opinion on what Ross's feelings still exist or don't still exist to Rachel, or your opinion about whether Ross knows like what he does or doesn't know, like under every single possible possibility, it's a completely insane and a perfect conversation to have for Ross to have with Rachel. For him to want to have, for him to ha- it makes no sense. She's the last person on earth he should be consulting. Especially he can ask his sister, since they love talking about sex. <laughs> um, right. So you could see, like, under normal circumstances, fine. You don't want to talk to your sister about it. A, a, um, non, a non-go. Yeah. yeah. So I think this is, like, it, it's, like, not a power move. It's almost like a I'm still into you move where but, he's, but like. But then, but then you're being an asshole. He doesn't think he's being an asshole. He's, like, being vulnerable. Well, well, we have because he's not to, telling. He's not like boasting to her about yeah. all the sex he's had. Listen, having. we're we're gonna have we're gonna have to get to the scene um outside in the hallway outside his apartment because that's like just like a, a a crazy scene where Ross and Rachel get even more sexual in their conversations. But like my other issue here is just the canon is off because Ross says to Rachel that he's only been with one woman his whole life. Right. But haven't we learned, or maybe we learn later, that he lost his virginity to the much older librarian when he was in high school? Oh, is that I don't even remember that. Okay, spoiler yeah. alert. Um, so. Is that in the past? Big plot, big plot development. Yeah, yeah, um, um, yeah. Ross has had sex with minimum two women, I would say. Okay. Pre, pre Rachel, and, and soon three. Yes. Wait, he has sex with Rachel. Oh, sorry, spoiler. Oh. <laughs> um. So. Um. Yeah. So Rachel is very pleased to hear that they haven't had the sex yet, and she's like, "He's like, so what should I do?" She's like, "Well, I think you should just wait. You should wait as long as possible. There is nothing that women find sexier than a man that doesn't want to have sex with them," um, which I think is bad advice. Yeah. Although this is kind of negging, like, isn't this kind of like what um, right? Like, and also by the way, in this show. How did these guys keep getting women by t- by telling them, yeah, I can't have sex with you, man? <laughs> right, that's true. That has worked so, for some people. So, yeah, so um, well, I, I I think like I don't I don't know enough about this this whole negging strategy that I've heard about. Some I was, I was ne- it was never my uh, my approach. My yes. approach didn't work either. But yeah. uh, <laughs> at least this was an approach, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I think with like the negging, like you want them to think you want to have sex with them, but also that you know, like it's not just like you're too like, good for them. Like you insult them, right? Like which is not I don't think would what what uh, Rachel is advising Ross. I think she's just like advising him to continue to be like nervous and not, not confident. And which is not going to work. Um, so yeah, so she's like, she, you know, he's a little bit dubious, but when you know, the clincher is that she tells him that there's nothing women love more than withholding sex, having sex withheld from them, they love it even more than jewelry. Yeah, <laughs> I think they like jewelry more. Yeah, um. So yeah, so we we follow Phoebe over to the Capades, and she's meeting up with Duncan in the dressing room. Yeah, and you know she's like saying, you know, very happy to see him. Like you're so exciting. Like you're doing so well in your career. And he, you know, they have a big hug, and he reveals that the reason he came to see her is that he needs to get a divorce because he's actually getting married and I guess remarried. And and it's Rob, funny because watching this in 2023 instead of 95, it takes me an extra beat than it took the audience then when he says he's getting married 
I don't realize that means he's straight. I thought he was getting married to a guy. <laughs> right, which obviously, right, could, you couldn't yeah. do in 1993. I mean, I guess you people still did it, just it wasn't like legally recognized. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the the rub is that, right, as you said, he's marrying a woman. And All right, Canada legalized same-sex marriage in 2004. Oh, there you go. Even Canada wasn't there yet. And Canada is pretty crazy. When, when, when did California? I, I remember um, Gavin Newsom like officiated the first one. He's the mayor of San Francisco. Yeah, well, it's definitely after 2008 because 2008 was proposition whatever that like codified. Um, oh, no, uh, San Francisco. Yeah, San Francisco. Um, oh, San Francisco. In, but no, that's not California. Um, yes, in, in February of 2004. So. Was well, San Francisco. Yeah, so they yeah. beat they beat uh, Canada by uh, by uh, nine months. Yeah, California was probably not until after 2012, I would guess. Uh, California as a state was June 28, 2013. There you go. Yeah, there you go. That's when it became okay because it was Joe Biden. Yeah. Yes. Um. See, he was always doing the same, you know, random things. Um, All right, so we're back to Duncan's reverse coming out. Now, yes. let me ask, this sort it's of coming, this, coming like, in—that's a great term. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> this coming in or whatever—it's like it's played for laughs. It doesn't really work for me. It, it's kind of like, and I wasn't exactly sure why. I guess I just—I I, I, I think I, that it probably just doesn't work. It doesn't—it doesn't age well. I think is what it is. I think this is probably a better joke at the time because it's so against. It's like it's so ironic at the time, and now it's just like, eh, like we've we've been through all of this for. But it also like it, it almost uh, to me it almost could like serve as like almost not really, and I understand people like this don't need justifications, but it's almost like a justification for like gay conversion therapy. It's like if you're predisposed to 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 like have that opinion, you can say, oh yeah, of course, like uh, being gay isn't what a person really is. It's just a cultural influence on them that convinces them they're gay, just like the Duncan over here. I don't know. So, but no, isn't I, that? I, but isn't that what we often? That's what happens to often gay people who act who are straight for a portion of their life, right? Or you know, think they're straight is that they're conforming based on what's you know whatever, sure. right? So it's the same thing. So this guy was in well, that world, whatever. And I mean, it's 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 a it's a goof, but like, well, okay, I, sure. I, I will I will note this that the, the Glad Media Awards, uh, which is the gay lesbian, I forget what the full acronym stands for, but um, they um they gave Friends in 1995 the award for outstanding comedy series. So Glad appreciated between Carol and, and, and Duncan and all these various characters. Glad appreciated Friends. Uh, by the way, do you know which show won the year before in 1994? Glad Media Award Outstanding Comedy Series. Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. Did you know that? Or you're just guessing? No, I'm guessing. Was that it was other? Seinfeld, yeah. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. Which which Vulture says is the is is offensive. Because if you're if you're projecting 2017 or whatever, yeah. Vulture would break these values. Right. At the time, right. At the time it was um, right. The fact that there was like saying that not there's not that there's anything wrong with that was very yeah. progressive. Even even having <laughs> everyone else is saying there's something wrong with that. Yeah, exactly. Yes. People personal I'm not gay not because that would because that would be wrong. Yeah. Um by the way, while we're talking about the Glad Outstanding Comedy Series Awards, so Will and Grace, unsurprisingly, goes down an epic seven-win and eight-year run from, <laughs> from 96 to 98 that, to 06. That checks out. Do you yeah. want to guess uh, – so they win seven times in eight years. Do you want to guess the show that interrupts that run of dominance by with an upset victory in 2004? Will and Grace is nominated that year but loses to another show. 
Could it be like a? Hmm. It's a very famous show. Oh, it's not a show we podcast about, but it's not a show that would be impossible for us to podcast about. Except we'd be the wrong two people to be doing. <laughs> it's Sex and the City. Oh, okay. I was yeah. I was I I was thinking HBO. But I thought Sex and the City. Was, I was trying to think if there was something more specific. There was like that queer as folk. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, but but okay. that, that was in 2004. That was more like 2010, no? Well, that's why I was trying to place it. That's what I was thinking yeah. you were going for, because I thought you were going for specifically like a uh, you know, yeah, gay-centric queer, show. Queer as folk show. was from um, from 2000, 2005. Oh, right in that window. Okay, so I was in the right vein. Okay, fair um, enough. Yes, right. Yeah, I guess Sex and the City has some. I, I never really watched Oh, Sex you know why? Because because it was a out, that was an outstanding drama series winner in 2001. Ah. It's a drama, not a comedy. Okay, so you looked at the wrong yeah. word. Whoa. No, no, I'm, I'm saying the reason Queer as Folk could not have won the other words. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, well, Av, if that. you were laughing at Queer as Folk, then I got to cancel you. I never you, saw you it. funny? I never saw you, it. You were laughing at that? It's a dramatic I never saw show. it. I never saw it. I saw some Sex in the City. I saw zero Queer as Folk. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh now, now you won't see a show about gay people? Are Correct. You? They should have their own audience. Yeah. <laughs> they do have their own audience. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Everyone should have their own thing. There should be a show for every person. Queer's Folk was set in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the gayest city in Pennsylvania ever. Yeah. Mine is called Shabbat Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, that is a very uh, uh, narrow cast. Right. <laughs> Indeed. Let, let's, uh, let's come back. All right. So, so, so Duncan comes out. Yeah, I mean, he, he comes in, whatever. He is straight, but he's straight for uh, – not, yeah. not for Phoebe, for Deborah. Yeah, not for Phoebe, yes. Yes. And then Phoebe asks, you know what, but, but if it had happened, if you had realized earlier, like – No, that's later, but yeah. He realizes oh, yeah, you're right. when yeah, he no, sees true. the woman that he loves. So the answer, by definition, is no. Because if he, you know, it ain't you. So it, well, it, it, meaning if he had realized it when he was, you know, in, had an intense relationship with Phoebe, then he might have ended up with Phoebe. But but the, the reason he didn't realize it is because he wasn't interested in Phoebe in that way, right? I mean, I don't think that's necessarily the case. Like there could be all sorts of factors that contribute to sure. But if you really love this person and are attracted to them, then you realize, oh wait, I guess I'm not gay. I guess I don't know. I don't know how it works. Yeah, it, it's, I, so, it's I, not, I don't know how it works in either direction, yeah. and this direction is clearly much less common. Whatever. Um, no matter how you, no matter how you spin it, it's, it's not great for Phoebe. Yeah, no. Either way, it's right. Like she, she doesn't. She'd rather not know. She says. Yeah. Um, right. So let's let's get to the rest of the crew. I like I like I like when uh, what's it called when Eric says he thinks his parents will be cool with it because his brother is straight. Yeah. You know, all the lines, yeah, it's fine with you, but yeah, it doesn't really work for me so much. Uh, My I, do I do have a question for you. Um, yeah. We, we compare all future boyfriends, uh, of course, to, uh, to Alan. So I think Alan <laughs> will become the yardstick against which all future boyfriends will be measured. So Duncan as a husband, how, how does he compare to Alan? Very poorly. It's a whole, yes. it's a scam. He's a very bad husband. <laughs> very bad husband. It's a sham marriage. Yes, he's as bad, um, about a bad as husband. As they're, husband. Uh, they're committing crimes together. Yeah. I don't yeah. approve of any of this. Yeah. Um, as a person of the law, I must say no. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, so let's get to Ross's apartment because I really want to spend more time here. Let's get um, there. And, and, and I, I will just say, um, in an episode where we, where we learn about uh, uh, Chandler's extra nipple, I don't know if it was a weather issue or a lack of undergarments, but there's a lot of uh, visible uh, uh, nipples uh, throughout the scene from, all, from multiple actors in the scene. <laughs> okay. okay. I won't get into more detail because I don't want to sound like a complete hornball. But uh, if you watch the episode, you know what I'm talking about. All right. Um, so, yeah. So is. everyone is uh, everyone walks in on uh, Ross and Julie making out. 
Uh, Chandler jokes that Julie has a paleontologist on her face. Ha ha ha. Chandler's not great this episode. Um, and uh, Ross pulls Rachel aside. He's like, he's like, you know, thanks for the talk earlier. I thought it was really helpful. And he's like, oh, she's like, oh, so you're going to do the like, just wait strategy. He's like, no, because after I spoke to you, I spoke to Joey. And he's like, just go for it. And like, I weighed the two options and his way I get to have sex tonight. So I think I'm just going to go with that one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, smart, smart approach. Yeah. Um. So everyone is getting excited to watch Joey's porn tape. Rachel doesn't want to, I think, because she, right, she doesn't want everyone to get into a sexy mood because she yeah. thinks that'll lead to sex. Yes, which reminds um, me later when Ross and Rachel are dating. And um, and Rachel makes out with Ross right before setting him on the play date with the attractive mom. With to the strip with the stripper. Yeah, and he's like, oh, and Chandler's like, uh, and Rachel's like, I want him to remember what he has here. And then Chandler's like, or oh, he just got him all horned up and then sent him to a yeah, exactly right, so he sent him off with the stripper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, she uh, she uh, does not want sex on the. Mic. Yeah, it's hard to predict how people will react sometimes. So you know, you just gotta you know do your truth. Yeah, well, sex is uh, nobody's figured it out yet. Yeah. Um, so have you ever noticed that immediately afterwards you're either extremely exhausted or extremely energized? And it's very, <laughs> yeah, I either fall asleep or I don't fall asleep for 10 hours. Yeah, so we're watching, uh, we're watching Joey. He gives his They're line, yeah. Um, they have sex. Uh, there I am, there I am, there I am. Um, I remember thinking that was like the dirtiest joke when I was younger. There um, I am. Yeah, because it's because the guy's butt is moving from the, the sexual uh, penetration. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. That's, that's why his face keeps getting blocked and unblocked. Yeah, because that that guy's butt is blocking my face. There mm-hmm. I am. Yes. There I am. Yes. Do you not understand the joke? Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. It's a intercourse. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Causes the lower. Yeah, I got. I got. I got. I got. <laughs> you have to speak trust me. I don't know. Last week you didn't really have such a good reading comprehension, so you know you had to. Uh, I forgot. Uh, yeah, what was that one about? No. You not understanding what Phoebe was talking about. Yeah, um, I think people enjoyed that the podcast though. So they did. Okay, good. All right. So we, we that, that was the feedback we got. People seem to right. enjoy that. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it was very unenjoyable for me. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. Um... By the way, Ross has told Julie nothing. He hasn't told Julie about Rachel. He hasn't told Julie, uh, Julie about Marcel. Because when because when they first walk in the apartment, Monica says, it still smells like monkey in here. Right. And Julie says, well, I guess that saves us a conversation. Now, it doesn't save you a conversation. It actually initiates a conversation. Right? Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess I would want to know with why, you know, you have yeah. a monkey. Why did you have a monkey? There's a lot of things Julie should want to know. Why yeah. does Rachel have weird? Yeah. Like, there's a lot. Yeah. Ross yeah, is not little... great. He hasn't had sex. He doesn't communicate. He's not a great boy. Yeah. Also, it's like when you when you're like, oh, she was like, you're in love with Rachel. No wonder we haven't had sex yet because like you're obsessed with her. Yes, you're just like, yes. not, you're not even really into me. Yeah, and, and she's your uh, sex guidance counselor in this relationship. Also. Yes. Yeah. If you want a girl to like you, you should definitely make her feel not sexually charged by you. Yes. All right. That'll, so, but it's eleven. It's eleven thirty. It's eleven thirty p.m. Yes. Uh, Chandler wants to go to bed. Everyone wants to go to bed except Rachel wants to wants the cock block, Ross. Yes. <laughs> And and I, I I will say like um when when Rachel you know, so she's like so what's your, what's your childhood like right. and Julie says well in a nutshell and Rachel says ah, ah, ah and I laugh <laughs> that was that's <was> good 
Uh, no nutshells. Yes. Reminds um, me of uh, Mike Myers in uh, Austin Powers. No, this is me in a nutshell. This is me in a nutshell, yes. yes. I use that joke all yes. the time. No one ever gets it. Oh, well, I would. I have a zero percent success rate of that joke. I use it all the time. Anyone right, well, anytime says nutshell, I say this is me in a nutshell. Yeah, well, hopefully listeners to this podcast will get it now. Uh, then, then we learn about um, first grade teacher Mrs. Cobb. And um, and Julie says, Rachel says, what exactly is in a Cobb salad? Now, we, of course, know because of <laughs> her we learned. But I'm, I'm going to quiz you. Yeah. Uh, let's see how much do you remember. Do you think that Mrs. Cobb is married to Bob Cobb? Well, if for, I don't know if Friends Inside will give me the same universe because then, like, uh, is, is Monica – is Monica the wife that um you know in, in the in the dry cleaning episode? It just gets a little confusing with some right. reaction. Also, is is David Schwimmer <laughs> Ross is a better example. But David Schwimmer's not on Friends. On He's right? on Curb. Oh, we're at a curb. Oh, yeah. oh wait, yeah, Bob like, Cobb what? Bob Cobb is inside, but not in Curb. No, Bob Cobb is the Cobb salad. That's from Curb. Larry oh, no, Clay- Bob, no, Bob Bob Cobb is the maestro inside Bob. Oh, so then isn't so then what's the Cobb salad? Wasn't there also Bob Cobb the Cobb salad? I don't remember the guy's first name. Curb Cobb salad. Um, yeah, that's the trick or treat episode. Yeah, so isn't it Bob Cobb? Bob Cobb the salad. Yeah. Oh, so they give it. That's Bob also. Okay, so Seinfeld just Larry Dave just likes the name Bob Cobb. All right, now um, <laughs> I, I, I'm quizzing you. There are eight. There are eight ingredients in a Cobb salad. Let's All see how right. many you can get, and you'll get three strikes. How many can you get before you get your strike? <laughs> egg. Um, yes, hard-boiled eggs. That's one. Yeah. Okay. Ba- bacon. Bacon is two. Dang. Wow. Look at this. Um, I mean, obviously, there's lettuce of some kind. Do I have to be like specific at the type of lettuce? Authentically, it's romaine lettuce, but I will accept. I would have. I would have guessed romaine lettuce. If I okay. Well, you're th- you're three for three. Uh, tomato. Four for four, and not only that, but you got four of the first five ingredients. Oh wow. Um, cucumber. Uh, no. Mm. Strike one. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna be in trouble from here. Um, I feel like there's avocado. Avocado, that's there. That's five. This is much mm-hmm. better than I would have done. Yeah. Uh, croutons. No, that's strike two. Mm-hmm. There's actually nine. You're missing four more. Four more. All right. All right, it's uh, it's it's chicken onion, breast, onion. I don't know. No, yeah. it's chicken really? breast, okay. chives, blue cheese, and red wine vinaigrette. And okay. I gotta say, um, a the ingredients are laid out on the plate in neat rows. And I'm looking at a picture of this. It actually looks really gross. <laughs> and just in general, there's nothing that bothers me more than when a salad is served not tossed. Yeah, I agree. If I, like if I wanted various items next to each other but not mixed together, I could do that myself at home. I want you to mix them together for me. Yeah, no, it's also it's we. I have it as like like a running, I don't want to say bit, but like just thing with me, and my wife that like, like she like she like has to do the salad for me. Like if we ever are somewhere where it's like not tossed, it's like she has to like toss it for me and make yes, put it on my plate. Does, yeah, like I have no idea how to do this. Like I, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna get like the amount of dressing wrong. Like yes, this, like correct. this has to be done for me. My wife does that for me as well. Yeah, actually. yeah, um, I, have no, I have no ability. Yeah. So um, yeah. So so Rachel wants to know what's in the cob salad. Uh, that that's enough. Everyone else is going to bed um, at that point. Um, Chandler quits, and um, and Ross and Rachel go out into the hallway for a conversation that completely confuses me. What we are meant to think Ross's reaction is, because Rachel goes into this deep. So first, and all, and also Rachel's reaction is weird because Ross basically tells Rachel, "I've been so unhappy for an entire year." And now I'm really, really happy, and I really, really, really don't want to mess this up. 
And when Rachel hears that, there's a beat and you look at her face and, and it seems like her reaction is going to be, oh, this is actually my friend. And my friend is happy after being unhappy. And am I really going to screw up his relationship for my own selfish reasons when he's finally happy? But then she leans in and that is what she does. And she does this super, super sexy, horny come on to him. And he is looking at her as if he's totally mesmerized. The laugh track plays it that way in terms of his reactions. And then at the end of it, he just, he's like, okay, thanks. Good night. And he slams the door on her. And, and so like, what, what is going on? What are we meant to believe Ross's reactions? Um, we are meant to believe that his reaction is in actuality, what he does, which is he is taking it all in and he uses that to go have sex with Julie. Cause that's what he wants to do. The, there's the, 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 he pauses for a beat to make us think that he's going to say like, oh my God, I, I and kiss her or something. Yeah, well, this, the script, and this is not an official script, this is fans writing it, but the script describes Ross as being drawn into Rachel by her talk. Yeah, so I think that it's, they want you to think that for a moment, but, then he, but he's not. Yeah, so then what, I mean, I guess the other possibility is maybe he's just sort of sleepy because it's so late. Uh, it could be that, or he is like he's like mesmerized, and that like this still is like a sexual thing, and it's getting him in that mindset. But like it's all headed towards Julie. So I, I guess I guess it's almost most... like the thing you described earlier, where he's yeah, so he's he... getting him turned on to go have sex with Julie. Okay, so he's he's getting all turned on. He's like really turned on. He's maybe about to kiss Rachel, but then he suddenly remembers, oh, the person I should be turned on for is the one in there. I don't know that he's getting ready to kiss Rachel. I think he's just getting into a, a you know a well, sexual then, uh, mood and. I don't know. It is weird because, um, yeah. So then he suddenly pounces away as if he's totally unaffected, uh, and he uh, and he runs back into Rachel, and um, and that's it. And then we got our post credit scene, right? Yeah, post credit scene, singing post in the rain, the rain. Yeah. which um, is, uh, I mean, it, it couldn't possibly be more obviously on a film set, of <laughs> but but I, I understand like that's the point. Like it's referencing singing, right? But still, yeah. it's, it's yeah, almost yeah. like cartoonishly so. Yeah, and the lady remarks that that guy must have gotten some, and Ross uh, spins around back around to let them know twice. Yes, what a great way to end the episode. Oh yeah, he's my, he's my best friend. Uh, who is your best friend? Um, I'm gonna say my best friend is Julie for having sex with Ross twice, <laughs> um, and just being an overall great gal. Yeah, no, she she really is. Um, although she is a talker in that one. Um, yeah. my, my best friend is Ross twice. Mm -hmm. Uh, congrats, buddy. Like, apparently he's been on a cold streak since before the show came into existence. Based on what he told Rachel, right? That the only person he's had sex with is Carol. He hasn't had sex mm -hmm. with Carol at least as long as the show has existed. Um, that's a long cold streak for anyone, but certainly a man in his twenties. That's not great. Um, there's a lot of like, uh, not great, Bob Cobb. Yeah, there's a lot of research that shows that like these uh, incel men in their 20s are pretty harmful not only to themselves but to society at large, to culture, to politics. So uh, I'm glad Ross and Julie got it on rather than you know storming the Capitol. Have sex with the men. Yeah. Otherwise, well, I mean, they're gonna do insurrections. Sure. Well, I'm not blaming the women. I'm saying like you know heterosexual <laughs> men make yourselves more desirable to those you wish. To it's like the I'm I'm with um, Norm. You know Norm's a uh, bit and he had in his last I think it was in his last stand up he had a bit about slut shaming. Yeah, that he he's like, why are we shaming? We should be hoisting them on their on our shoulders. Oh, for sure. I, 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 should... I, is this a Louis C.K. bit? But like, why I is cocksucker an insult? Like, cocksuckers are the greatest people. We should, <laughs> the greatest. We should encourage that. <laughs> we should yeah. build mountains to the cocksucker. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, speak. Uh, speak of Louis C.K. You're a fucking 
fucking asshole. That's what you are. Uh, who's the fucking asshole in this episode? Speaking of fucking assholes, the fucking asshole has got to be Rachel. Yes. Um, I mean, she, I guess she kind of redeems herself at the very end. Maybe kind of, sort of, if you squint. But the whole episode, she's, she's, giving, she's intentionally sabotaging her friend's relationship that first she, you know, you know, was made miserable for a year. Now she, he finally has them, but now she's trying to fuck that up. She's cock-blocking him all night. You know, humongous fucking asshole is like, it doesn't even suffice to say, but... Uh, oh, could not agree with you more. Whatever we think of her performance in the hallway there, the fact is she's working in overdrive to sabotage her friend's relationship, even after that friend just poured his heart out to her about how he's finally truly happy for the first time. She selfishly wants to destroy that. As you said, like... Fucking asshole is an understatement. She is shockingly awful. If the gender rules were reversed here and Rachel's boyfriend was as darling and inoffensive as Julie is, I think we would call Ross, who Ross acted this way to Rachel, I think we would call him a possessive monster. <laughs> and so, like, Rachel Green is being a fucking asshole. Yep. And I think Absolutely. possibly the biggest one we've had in the show so far. Although Paolo was pretty bad. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, Paolo, I'm glad. I think Paolo's the level one. Yeah, I'm glad we're in agreement there. Uh, what about Manipulative, not as bad as sexual assault. Yes, yes. Why, it's dinner for six, five steaks, and an eggplant for Phoebe. All right, steaks and eggplants. Steaks and eggplants. Okay, I'll go first. I think I'm going to say, obviously, automatically, Rachel is the eggplant. No way around that. Um, I would love to give um, Ross two eggplants for the sex, but um, we'll just give him steaks instead. Um, two steaks to... Oh, yeah, the eggplant emoji. Now means something different. Yeah, two stakes to Ross. Um, let's say one to Joey for the porno. Um, I will give... Hmm. I didn't do this ahead of time. I should probably should have. Monica doesn't really do anything in this episode, right? Yeah. M Monica's um, done that. And yeah. Chandler doesn't really do anything in this episode. You know what? So I think I'm just going to have to load up the rest on Ross. I'm going to give four to Ross, one to four. Joey for the porno. Two for sex. Two, wow. for, each, two for each sex. Um... You know, this is the sec only the second. Oh, for wrong. I mean, we're going to say canon on this kindergarten teacher, not kindergarten teacher, high school teacher, yeah. um, <laughs> high school librarian, high school librarian. Um, but to you know, in show canon as we know it right now, this is the first time that Ross Geller has had sex with a heterosexual. So that's a pretty big fucking deal, and he does it twice. He gets two stakes for each. And Joey gets the last steak. Rachel gets the eggplant, and that's that. Okay. Um. Yeah, Phoebe has a husband who she's secretly been in love with forever. He turns out to be straight, and he still doesn't want her. To me, that you, she has to earn an eggplant for that. That is a I tough, hear. tough hit. So I give Phoebe my eggplant. Um, Ross, as we said, he got some twice. Uh, that to me, that's two stakes. Even if he otherwise acts like a total nincompoop for most of the episode, but that's just sort of typical Ross behavior, I guess. So I give him two, half as many as you do. Uh, Chandler has an extra nipple. To me, that earns him an extra steak. <laughs> I would like to give him three steaks for the three nipples, but but yeah, I can't no, afford it this week. Yeah, I can't afford it this week because I, I got to give more. Um, Joey, as, as I said, I'm uh, you know I'm going to give him a steak for being in a porn, even though you know being in a, immediately as an observer is is sort of weird. Uh, also, as I said before, I don't really get like, was he confused? Like, was was it a secret? He didn't want out. I'm an old man. It. I'm confused. I stumbled yeah. onto the porn set. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Rachel, you know, you gave her your eggplant. Um, I, I called her my fucking asshole, but here I'm going to sort of separate almost Jennifer Aniston from Rachel. Um, look, look, Rachel, the character, throws herself desperately Ross to no avail. She keeps all her friends up all at night. Like, she's a fucking asshole for sure. But her performance in the hallway, like <laughs> Jennifer Aniston in the hallway, like, I don't know how Ross, like, 
homosexual men and heterosexual women would have thrown themselves at her after that. Like she was like so good. Yeah, so I him. say, yeah, I say give Jennifer Aniston all the awards. Give her a Teen Choice Award. Give her a People's Choice Award. Give her a Screen, Screen Actors Guild Award. Give her a Golden Globe. Give her an Emmy. Give her a steak. Give her a steak. Uh, so I will give her a steak because that performance in the hallway is very good. And then Monica, uh, she tried to leave. She says, I already know Julie. Can I leave? And I'll <laughs> say, uh, you can leave here. You can go because. Um, yeah. yeah. Got nothing for you. Yeah. Yeah. Head back to camp. So, yeah. So th- that's my breakdown. And on that note, I think it might be time for the postman. It's time for the postman. Postman with the mostman. Postman! Postman! Come here! Tell the neighborhood! I guess there was some screw up at the damn post office. (laughs) Tell me about it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the U.S. post office? No, more like U.S. lost office. (laughs) What are they, Irish? Ashanda! Maybe you should have given me some candy. You're a lousy Jew! Amir Benar says this episode has lots of good stuff, although the main Phoebe storyline didn't really work until their final conversation. Him coming out as straight was really well written scene, and of course, Chandler's third nipple stuff is super memorable. Overall, I give it a 3.7. Few notes. I twice caught a squirrel running loose in my apartment. The same was the same squirrel. I know that story. Have either of you ever had to deal with animals getting to your house? I mentioned the birds, but yes. I, 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 I gave the full story on a previous podcast, so you can go listen to them all and you'll find it. Wait, and and ah, by the way, I text. If you want to look at your uh, texts for a second, I sent you pictures of the uh, oh. the the bird in the bathroom in the NTA dorm. Oh yes, it looks like a dove. Yeah, and I was gonna say this bird is a pure white bird, and, and New York City pigeons are like dirty, like gray, you know. So yeah, is is this a dove? I don't know. A dove in the bathroom is more exciting than a pigeon in the bathroom. It doesn't look like a pigeon. I don't know. It's, it's completely white. I mean, you look yeah. at the picture in the upper right; it's almost camouflaged against the white wall. Yeah. Yeah, you could see me uh, or somebody else swinging a, a mop at it. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised that didn't work. Yeah, but, you, but look at the action shot as it flew out the window. That's pretty good yeah. photography. Yeah, pretty good stuff. Yeah. You should tell that. Yeah. <laughs> Are people looking to buy pictures of, uh, of, of doves flying out of bathrooms? People buy it. People will buy uh, what's in an MPC or whatever. Of, of All right. If picture. you want a photograph of a dove in flight, Emerging out of a bathroom in Washington Heights, New York City in 1999. Please message me. I will sell it to you for six dollars. There you go. That's a good. That's a good offer. Yeah. Okay. Good offer. Six dollars or best offer. All proceeds will go to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you get a share? <laughs> I'm I'm promoting your <laughs> no yeah. this business of the trying to sell things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fine. I appreciate it. Was it was all leading up to this. <laughs> Going to yeah. unload that picture on someone. <laughs> Establish trust with the podcast community. Yeah, and then swindle them. Yeah, for six dollars. When Jen's uh, when Jen's parents sold her childhood home, um, the people they were selling it to were walking through the house and like pointed at some art on the wall and said, "What about that? Is that for sale?" And it was something like that Jen had made as a schoolgirl. It wasn't like <laughs> art. So Jen's mom said, uh, "Sure." And uh, how much? And then the woman said, "How much is it?" And Jen's mom said, twenty five dollars." And so Jen's mom <laughs> sold her Jen's like fifth grade art for twenty five dollars. Awesome. Which is both like a compliment and also a huge insult. Jen's like, but I made that as a kid. Why would you just sell it? $25. What do you mean? And I was like, yeah, it's, like, it's, it's worthless. You're, 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 you're an artist. Who, uh, yeah, you're an artist uh, who uh, sold uh, sold uh, your art for money. I've never done that. That's uh, something to be proud of. Also, you, your, your family has $25 extra dollars now for no reason. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, um, I, I remember reading once that the, 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 the median, not the average, but the median income in New York City for an artist, annual income, was a thousand dollars, which is very, very bad. 
But then yeah. I realized there must be many, many, many people who, uh, you know, live on the subway and, and don't really have uh, much income who just call themselves artists because otherwise that number seems impossible. Yeah. Um, he says, I get that they needed the story, but there's no scenario that Ross would ever come to Rachel with his sex question over asking the guys. Um, well, I, I think he does specifically want a woman's perspective here. Um, and yeah. as we said, with normal situation, it would make sense not to ask your sister. Here, it makes no sense to not ask your sister. You love talking to about sex. And you want to have sex with, and you want to hear about her sex. Yeah. Um, so I talk about the sex with her. Um, is watching porn in a mixed group setting something that people would ever do? Um, I think if one of the people was in the porn, you would do it. Yeah, they're watching it for comedy, not for sex for sexiness. Yeah. Yeah. Watching yeah. porn for sexiness in any group setting is weird. I think. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Unless it's uh, like you know a, like an orgy or you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, and by the way, I, I just googled the average artist salary. Uh, here it says New York as a state has actually the highest average salary among the 50 states at 69,000. So I don't know where I got nice. this thousand dollar. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we're sitting around with your friends watching porn and you all get boners is, you know, not ideal. Yeah. yeah. It's not the most comfortable scenario, but when yeah, you're I mean, young, a, like you'll be using the thing you do in junior high when like, yeah. Cause they're like, that's your access to pornography. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But now when your access to pornography is type anything you want to see and you'll see yeah. it immediately. Yeah. It's, uh, um, I, I remember my friend, <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to be in a group. My friend Ross was the only one of us who Ross? Had the, Geller? <laughs> no, who had the Spice Channel in, uh-huh. in middle school. Nice. So, um, uh, when you had sleepovers at Ross's house, there was one reason to do so. Yeah. Ross was a total loser. He just used them for the porn. No, we liked Ross also, but uh, oh, yeah, okay. So, you said there was only one reason to go. Well, I well, let me read there, well, there was there was one thing you were definitely going to do there. Got you. it. Yeah. And also, his personality was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you and I had pools. I think uh, when you had a friend over, you usually went swimming, unless it was the, the winter. Uh, we 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 brought we offered swimming. We had we did not offer, offer any pornography. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, no uh, much more pools, much more wholesome fun. Yeah, oh, um, I, I, or not? Pool. It could it could turn it could turn less wholesome. And the pool is um, much more dangerous than the uh, than the porn. Definitely much more dangerous than porn. Yeah, porn is like not remotely dangerous. Yeah. Well, maybe for your soul, because every time you ejaculate, it's a, it's right. a holocaust. Right, you're yeah. you will uh, six, one six day sperms. Yeah. you will one day bathe in the in the boiled semen that you spilled. <laughs> yeah, is um, science. It's just science. That's what happens to you. Yes, you, yes. <laughs> you boil the semen of your spilled seed. By the way, these are actual things that we were told as teenagers. Yeah, I don't think people thought I was making it up on the spot. Yeah, these very, were things very healthy I, things. These very were healthy things that I was told. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think I was ever told that. I think I was told by other people that they were told that. It's like you kind of like mix together all the different yeah. shit that everyone heard into things yeah. that like a rabbi told you. When really Why? it's just well, like to- this is all the rabbis in history and all the stupid yeah. things that they said to anyone that get like mo- – now a lot of them were said by a specific rabbi that we had. Yeah. Uh, but um, you know, they, yeah. they don't – they're not all accountable for everything that everybody else ever said. Yeah. And, and and we weren't like the biggest morons as teenagers. Like it's not that we believe these things literally, but it certainly affected oh, our, our perspective. I, I certainly on, didn't on, believe it literally that I was going to be boiled in semen. Sure, but it made us think that certain behaviors were very bad and, and, and we should feel extremely guilty for them, which, sure. is not, which is not healthy. No, I would say my whole approach to um, that whole area of life was uh, heavily fucked up because of yes, uh, sure. stupid yeah. things that I was told as a child. Yes. Uh, but, you know, it turned out okay for the most part. Yeah. Let's say good. Let's say good. Yeah. Um, a, a pretty, pretty, pretty good original. I think I'm here. I was just talking about a squirrel, and we're now we're talking about a teenage trauma. Um, no, we move past the squirrel. Um, 
All right, we're on to Jim Crumley. Jim Crumley says, the one with Phoebe's husband is another top-tier episode, though the skewering of beard immigration wire tropes feels dated now. It still feels progressive for its time. The third Chandler nipple, Joey's porn plot also still works. Rachel trying to keep Ross from having sex with Julie is the weakest part of the episode, but at least Ross and Julie get past the meddling. 4.2 out of 5 moves. Come with guys, Duncan seems like a nice guy. Fucking asshole is the immigration regulations. Eggplant goes to Rachel with a bullet. One eggplant isn't really enough. Let's make it a moldy eggplant. Steaks, one for Ross. He's not for not listening to Rachel. One to Phoebe for helping out Duncan and not being too creepy about his change of heart. One each for Joey and Chandler for being good sports about the porn and the nipple. Eh, I would say Chandler was such a good sport about the nipple. And one to Monica for getting her underwear stuck on a pole outside. Yeah. All right. Zach Brooks as Steve Zahn. I love him always. Who the hell lays on a coffee shop couch? Ross is such a weirdo in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that anyone wants to have sex with him. Yeah. Um, the credit stinger is my favorite part. The rest of the episode is so disjointed. I was getting insanely frustrated with Rachel the cock block. Steak goes to Joey's porn career and Joey's jokes. Eggplant goes to Rachel for being a real fucking asshole. Two moves. Oh, wow. And finally, Olin Allen says, a nice, easygoing episode, but no major standout. While the third nipple stuff is memorable, just don't get why everyone is so amazed by it. Definitely one for my young and older self to enjoy Phoebe style once more. Four stakes to Ross, gets to do the deed with Sweet Julie, wow, like and does a nice sing in the rain routine. I do admit if walking in the rain with an umbrella always feels tempted to do it an effort at this routine. And one stake to Julie. By the way, Olin, I do. Me, me too. When, when I walk <laughs> Holding like one of those long umbrellas that like is as long as a walking stick, I always sort of have to withhold uh, trying to do a dance and singing. <laughs> um, Joey gets the stake for uh, his work in the porno. Eggplant goes to Rachel. We really don't see anyone anything to suggest her and Ross are compatible. Julie is a great match for him, and she should just move on. Um, come with Gal is Julie. Come with on the double. Such a great sweet friend in the group. Delightful, sweet laugh, and able to finally let Ross go wild. Fucking asshole is Duncan. You're straight. You're married to Phoebe, who always looks stunning for you, and you want to get with another lady. Fool. He gives the episode 3.1 moo points. What if the other lady turns out to be Ursula? Then he'd be a real oh, asshole. Yeah. yeah, you really don't want to date Phoebe in part because of the whole Ursula factor. Like, you could be deceived at any point. Hmm. I've always wondered if, if – uh, now, I actually – I dated uh, somewhat seriously a, a girl with an identical twin sister. Oh really? Yeah, no, uh, yeah. I would be terrible with that. Uh, I, well, have, the, I have identical with that nephews, and I have I have no ability to tell them apart. Yeah, all. well, I could tell them apart because the one I spent time with was my girlfriend. The one I never spent time with was the one married to the other guy. So, yeah, I would be nervous that I would never be able to tell them apart, though. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So let's get let's get to our moot points. This is all a moot point. <laughs> huh? A moot point? Yeah. It's Moo. Each of the core six, other than Monica, Monica doesn't really do it for this episode, but each of the other five, I have sort of a, a fundamental plot issue with all of them. So so Phoebe, as I said, the reverse coming out thing, the going in, uh, something about it I didn't really like. Uh, Ross talking so openly to Rachel, a woman he was madly in love with his entire adult life until two weeks ago about sex, insane. Uh, his reaction to her in the hallway performance, just confusing. Um Rachel, just just a huge fucking asshole in general. Uh, Joey, not participating in the porn, you know, doesn't make sense to me. Chandler, the nubbin, clearly not canon before this episode. An impossible thing to keep a secret, by the way. People go to the beach, people go to the pool, people go to locker rooms. So each of the plot, each of the plots I have sort of an issue with, 
That having been said, I do think the episode is really funny. And as sort of nonsensical as it is, I think the Ross-Rachel interactions in this episode really sort of build further depth to what we all know is eventually going to happen. And so overall, uh, my thumbs are pointing up this week. I will give this episode That's 3.8 moves. Is it those 3.8? My 10th ranked episode. Yeah, that sounded more like 3.6 to me. Mm. All right. Ooh. Yeah, okay, there you go. Um, Just yeah, above I'm, uh, uh, Amir gave it 3.7. Yeah, I'm uh you you went one above Amir. I'm gonna go one notch above you. Um okay. I wow. I really enjoyed this episode a lot as well. Um even you know, this some some of the stuff doesn't make sense, but um I thought I thought those as I said, the scene where they all tell each other secrets and they run across the room to each other is just like it's like that's like highest level friends. It's like they're all together. They're all there's like great chemistry. They're you know they're turning on each other. Their friendship friends become enemies. Enemies become friends. It's just the banter. It, it's it's just great great stuff. Um, the third nipple is so memorable. The Joey Porno memory is super memorable. Um, Rachel cock blocking Ross is I would say not super memorable, but like it's. Um, it's like it works on like an emotional level of of like the show. Even if you're like in the moment, you're like Rachel is being such a bitch. Um, but like it's you know when you know where the show is going, it's like you know it's, this is part of the story. Um, so it's interesting to see that there. Um, and I, you know I think they both play that scene really well, um, as you pointed out. So overall, I think it's a very strong episode. There's a lot to like. Um, I give it three point nine moves. Um, so when taking together our uh, our th- your three point eight, my three point nine, the audience rounds out to a three and a quarter um, for an overall score of three point six five. Um, that is the seventh overall ranked episode so far. Oh, so even higher than mine. Yep. Yeah, mine. Don't you hate to be continued on TV? I mean, the whole reason you watch a TV show is because it ends. If I wanted a long, boring story with no point to it, I have my life. So next week, we will have, as we said, uh, the one with five steaks and an eggplant. That is um, an iconic episode, as you mentioned, uh, the idea of this friend group in their 20s and people being in different financial positions. Um, I definitely have a lot of thoughts about this episode. I always have, so looking forward to discussing that next week. Yeah. And then after that, we'll uh, it'll be uh, it'll be uh, 2024, <laughs> and it'll be curb time. And it'll be curb season. Yeah, 2024. We're turning the page back to curb. Um, and yeah, like we're really like you know we're, we're open to ideas. Um, we have you know we've gotten some suggestions. You know it's you know you know review you know things from the past like fucking assholes. Um, come with guys. I know we've done some of that stuff, but we can you know kind of do like a full up to date versions. We can do like you know go through some of our favorite episodes. Um, but really, like, you know, we're very open to suggestions. We want to hear ideas. Anything that will get us and this podcast all back into that curb state of mind and, you know, remind us of what it is that we love so much about this show and, you know, kind of get get excited to watch these last 10 episodes together, um, which, you know, by all indications, they're going to be. And uh, we're very excited for a new season. We're already going to start working on seeing what sort of uh, – guests we can get about we already have one exciting guest lined up so um you know very pumped to get back into that mindset so bring us your ideas bring us your suggestions give us some feedback uh we'd love to hear from you and we'd love to make some awesome shows as we uh count down the weeks till this uh last final season of our beloved curb yep but next week we'll be back to discuss uh five six and an eggplant of enjoy your meals between now and then i will talk to you later everything you do bye
get a life juice.